Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and today we are talking all about screencasting. Have you done any screencasting with your students? Are you looking to flip your classroom this year? We have a very special guest from TechSmith, an amazing educational company that is out to share with you how easy it is to do some screencasting. From TechSmith Education, I want to bring Jason onto the program. Jason, how are you today? I am wonderful, Jeff. Thanks for having us. We uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming back onto the show to talk about screencasting. Now, TechSmith is one of the leaders in screencasting. Why is screencasting important for the classroom? It's a great way to kind of expand having a singular teacher in the classroom, right? You can uh, create and capture yourself sharing information to your students. The students can pause you. They can rewind you, which they can't do in a normal classroom environment. And it allows for a real personalized supplemental information to be delivered to your students outside of the classroom hours. Now, many people look at screencasting and say, this is a way for a teacher to not do any work in the classroom. Some people think that's a good thing, and some people think that's a bad thing. What, what, what is the whole point of doing this? In my, when I was in the classroom, I'm a former educator, I would use screencasting to actually get more one-on-one time with my students face-to-face or in small groups, because if I can be teaching students that need less guidance but more practice, they can be doing that at so like a station or in a computer lab, where I could actually spend time with the students that need a little bit more one-on-one attention, a little bit more guidance uh, a little bit more hand-holding to be most successful. So uh, the people that say that, I believe they're incorrect. You actually get more meaningful time, meaningful teaching time in your classroom and with your students if you're able to uh, almost clone yourself with now, the video. Now, the same people that have those opinions are the same people that say screencasting is just another way to spend less time at home with your family. But you're here to talk to us a little bit about ways that this can be done easily and quickly and actually we should probably set this up and say this is the first of a two-part episode that we're doing here with TechSmith Education. This episode we're talking all about screencast basics, why, when, how, who, and then at a later date we're going to record our episode on screencast for advanced users I would say, right? That's correct. So what are we going to be talking about today? So today, what I want to share with you is a couple things. One, some of my favorite uses for video in the classroom, uh, regardless of platform, regardless of tool. And then towards the end of today, I'd like to do a little bit of a um, shallow dive into our primary screencasting tool, Camtasia Studio for Windows. Fantastic. Before we get into that, I would say to anybody who's listening, if you have any questions about any of this stuff, Jason, where is a good place for them to reach out on Twitter, social media, anything like that? Sure. So personally, I'm uh, very active on Twitter. Um, I can be found at at J2TheV, and we'll put that up later on. Mm -hmm. Um, TechSmith is very active on on Twitter and multiple social media platforms. You can find us at TechSmith, or even better for educators, at TechSmithEDU. You can find us at www.techsmith.com slash education. If it exists in the social media world, we're attached to it. And there's a lot of great people, uh, both on the education team and on our social media team, that are ready to interact with you. And that's one of our favorite things to do is to talk with people that are using our products, have questions, or are just trying to be more awesome in their daily lives. So certainly check TechSmith out. And if you have any further questions about this or the next video, you can, of course, reach out to us over at feedback 
at teachercast.net. Now, Jason, before we go into our presentation today, most people ask, what do I need to make a screencast? Can I talk? Mm-hmm. Can I do this on a tablet? Can I do this on my phone? Can I do this with my tablet with my phone? Do I need to buy microphones? What is the basic setup that a teacher needs to even think about doing something like this? So there's two things to consider. One is if you're going to do an actual screencast, meaning the recording of your screen, you basically need a computer. And I always recommend a USB microphone. Uh, You're going to get the best sound quality out of those and have better results the first time through. If you're going to be doing video in your classroom, you can do that with both an iPad, an iPhone mobile device, doesn't have to be an Apple device, and a laptop. And it just depends on how you want to marry those things together. When I'm in the classroom, I do screen recordings here on my laptop. If it's uh, items that can be shared either through a website or a program, And then I like to bring in what I call real-world content, and that's what I capture using my smartphone or my tablet. And a a subtle marriage of the two in a very easy, simple-to-use way uh, makes a very powerful piece of content for my students or for my coworkers for professional development activities. And that's a lot of what we're seeing screencasts used for as well. Not only is it in the classroom, but it's in your teaching and learning environment amongst peers. So, Jeff, if we could right now, I'd love to show you some of my favorite uses of video in the classroom. I think that'd be a great idea. So, Jeff, this is a presentation I've shared a few times, but I'm really happy to share it with you and your audience. It's just videos in the classroom. It's different ways of using video, um, regardless of what tool you're using. I caveat, I used all of TechSmith products here, either Camtasia or Snagit, and a little bit of our mobile app, Fuse, and we could talk about all those later if we want. Uh, But these are the most common uses for people who want to just get started with video. They're like, I know I need to use it. How do I get going? So the first one is one you've probably heard most often. It's uh, how is flipping a lesson. Flipping your lesson or flipping your classroom is basically taking content that you would teach in your classroom and making it available outside your classroom, either in video form or audio form. Um, this is great because students who are absent can then view material that was presented when you were not when they were not in the classroom. They could be out sick or family vacation, or as it happens in the older grades, they're out for a sporting event. It allows the students to then pause, rewind, ask questions. And if you're really deep into how you use video, you can actually embed quizzes in here to check for understanding so that when they do come into the classroom next time, you can see whether or not the content that you delivered was received, whether it was understood, or whether or not you need to visit it again. Uh, My next favorite is uh, teaching when you're absent. And the gentleman you might see in this video, if you happen to see the picture, is uh, Dan Spencer. He's an educator here in, in Southeast Michigan. Uh, this was the first way I personally used audio or video in the classroom, and it was because um, my wife and I had our daughter right around the start of the school year. Not the best time for you to be absent in your classroom. So what I would do is I would establish my classroom routines, and then I would record these videos so that the guest teacher that was going to be in charge of my classroom uh, didn't have to necessarily convey the information. They just had to support what I was teaching. I would indicate what was needed to happen that day, what were the expectations, what was the assignment, and what they could do when they were finished. So there was no question as to whether or not uh, directions had been given. Uh, One of my favorite. A real popular use right now is personalized feedback. Uh, This is an example from April Gudenroth. She's a teacher out in uh, Colorado. Uh, What she does is the students, uh, they happen to be a Google Apps for Education school. So a lot of the students turn in their written work via Google Docs through Google Drive. And what she does is she'll pull up Camtasia or Snagit. 
and she'll actually record her screen of her walking through the student's paper. And I asked her why she did that. And the best thing she said was when she was in college writing papers, she got back a paper with a margin note with the words, what were you thinking? And because she was like normal people, she would say the voice she heard in her uh, head was, what were you thinking? When in fact, when she went and talked to her professor, it was more like, what were you thinking? I'm not understanding your following at this point. Well, if you can give your intonation and the inflection of your voice while walking through a paper, which she does both with uh, edits made and cold reads, uh, it's a great way to give feedback to your students because they can then act on that information right away rather than guessing what's happening with the written notes. Uh, another great way uh, is apparent community communication. So this is a recording done by a superintendent here in Michigan of just a PowerPoint. And it's a delivery on a kind of grim subject, the budgetary situation of their school. Uh, he realized that when he made these meetings a public forum, that the area they were holding them in were not was not suitable for all the people in the community who wanted to attend. So he recorded them and made a video so the people could then watch, consume the information, and directed all questions to him in his office. A great way of doing that. Uh, in my classroom, I also did the same sort of thing where I would write a newsletter out every week, and I got to the point where I would uh, quiz the or ask the class and their parents who had internet access at home and who would rather get sort of a video podcast wrap up of the week. And by around October, we were doing a two to three minute video recap of the week, and I stopped doing it, and my students started doing it. It became one of the weekly jobs. A favorite use, stop repeating yourself. I had a rule in my classroom once I started teaching technology at the education or at the elementary level. And that was, if there was something that someone asked me repeatedly and I kept answering that question out loud by Halloween, it became a video for my students to watch. Therefore, if it was something as simple as how do I log into my email or where do we access the shared drive? Or in some cases in our new building, how do I find the bathroom? We would get a camera out and we would make a video. If it was a question I was tired of answering, it became a video so the students had a station they could go get that question answered. It's kind of a repeat of the ask three then me mentality. They could watch the video. If they didn't understand, they could then talk to their peers. If they still didn't understand and the question came to me, I knew it was a pretty serious question. But a great way of using video in the classroom. If we're talking about middle school or higher, you could also give a course overview. This is just a video of someone with a picture in picture in the corner giving a walkthrough of their syllabus. Uh, for those who have taken any kind of class in middle school, high school, or higher ed, you know the first class or two is largely just going over the expectations of the class and the syllabus. Why not record that and deliver that to your students prior to the start of the class or prior to the start of the school year and hit the ground running on the first day. You could almost come in and say, hi, I'm Mr. Vlad. I'm glad you had a chance to review the syllabus. Are there any questions? Immediately takes into consideration the limited amount of time we have as educators in the classroom with our students. This is respectful of their time, respectful of your time, and allows you to get into the content quicker. This next one is a introduce yourself. This is of our selfie generation. This allows you to basically turn the camera on yourself and introduce yourself to your students. Super valuable if you're teaching online and you don't have any actual face-to-face -face interaction with your students, or if you're new to the district or new to a grade level. This video um, would be about, this one in particular is about 45 seconds long. It's just a, a teacher down in Odessa, Texas, introducing herself to her students. It's 
hi, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be teaching a little bit about myself, looking excited, looking forward to teaching you this semester. And I'm really excited about learning. Uh, when I've done these, uh, I've actually had my kids. I have three little kids. One of them climbed up in my lap and I had to decide at that moment, do I need to edit this out? Do I need to make a change? And my thought was, no, this is who I am. I'm introducing myself. I'm actually a dad outside of my teaching life. And that also plays a factor in my teaching. So introducing yourself is another great way of using the video. This one I didn't come up with, wish I had. It's awesome. It's a walkthrough of materials. This video happens to be taken by a uh, science department where the students in a geology course check out a kit of different types of rocks. And this is just a walkthrough of the materials that they should expect to see when they check out the kit, where they're located, how they're positioned, what should be in there, so that when the students turn this kit back in, it's returned in the way they found it. Pretty simple idea, but just a beautiful way of, of using video on something they had to do anyway, which was checking out materials. Um, we also have a couple of bonus ones I threw in here. Um, this is filming uh, using uh, one of our mobile apps, Coach's Eye. Um, they took a four-second video here of a bridge being broken in a structural engineering class, and they were able to slow it down and show how the, the bridge held up under stress, where the uh, support points were, and the teacher was able to walk through this four-second video in about 50 to 55 seconds. Great review for the students, great opportunity for them to see how they did and to make changes to their uh, next build for the next part of their assignment. So... Um, just as general facts for TechSmith, we've been working with K-20 educators for the past 20 years. We've been part of the flipped classroom movement since the beginning, and our solutions have been used all over the world at multiple levels of education, all the way from pre-K. I have seen students in pre-K use video up to graduate students and doctoral students. So, And Jeff, this is the last slide I want to show you today. It's just got our basic contact information. Uh, if you want to send us an email with questions or ideas, or you want to uh, bounce some of your creations off of us. We'd love to see those too. You can send an email to education at techsmith.com. And then I also have a bit.ly link there, bit.ly slash capitalized TSC dash cast. Uh, and Jeff can pull that up right now. And so this is just how you would best use Camtasia in the classroom. It's a little bit of a tease towards what I was talking about and lots of great other ways of doing it. Now I want to mention here up at the top of that page is a blue box that says free trial. We do offer Camtasia and most of our products as a free download, free trial. What that means is you get about 30 days to play with it, and it's full functioning. Nothing is held back. Try it out. See if it's something that's um, beneficial to you, and, and then consider making a purchase. And be aware, we do have education pricing, and that is linked to this page as well. If you are an educator, you do receive a significant discount off of the normal list price. So try it out. See if it works for you. And if it, if it does, great. If it doesn't, Reach out to me and let me know why. What does it need that you that that uh, need for you that you're not seeing? Um, the other thing I also want to talk about real quick before we show you a little bit of Camtasia is on our main website under the help menu we have tutorials. They are in-depth, small, digestible chunk videos for different parts of each of our project products. So if you're learning Camtasia and you just want to know about editing on the timeline. There's going to be a video with the associated project file that you can download available to you, both written form, video form. And what's great is we use Camtasia to teach you about Camtasia. So if we use the video project file, we give it to you to play with. 
it, so it then becomes a template for you if you find it needed. So um, those are always available to you as well. Jason, so, that's absolutely uh, fantastic. Yeah, we. Uh, I was real proud when we did that. It, it's uh, we don't want you to have to reinvent the wheel if you don't need to. So. So, Jeff, I know we only have a few minutes left in this, and we're not going to do the deep dive. That's going to be the second part of our, our conversation here. Uh, but I'd just like to walk you through Camtasia for a minute or two, if that's possible. Absolutely. So, Jeff, I just want to walk you through what Camtasia Studio looks like. This is the Camtasia Studio for Windows. We also have Camtasia for Mac, and it looks similar. Uh, and to be honest, we're working with our developers to kind of bring those two closer together. So be on the lookout for that. Um, as it stands right now, Camtasia is broken into three basic parts. Your upper right-hand corner here is your canvas or preview window. That means anything you recorded, including any media you bring in. So if you want to bring in camera, uh, still images, PDFs, slides, all of those are available here. To the left, you have your clip bin library and tool area. So this is actually a screen recording I did a little earlier before Jeff and I came online. Uh, it's also where I would find all the pre-built uh, music and backgrounds and animated titles that all come with Camtasia. This also is where you can actually save videos and images and uh, audio clips that you want to use for future projects. And you also have all your call-outs, your zooming and panning, and we'll get into all this more so with our next uh, podcast. And down here at the bottom is your timeline. This is where your media lives and can be edited, and it acts as any linear timeline. Start at the left, goes to the right, and as I drag the playhead across, you'll actually see the screen change for what I was recording on my screen earlier. In fact, we were just talking about our tutorials, Jeff. This is a screen recording of how to get there. And I can make edits on any of this at any point. Now, big difference to people who know TechSmith, they know us for Snagit and they know us for Camtasia. Snagit is great for screen recording, basic screen recording, no webcam, no music. It's just your audio and what happens on the screen. Uh, minor editing capability where you can trim the ends or cut out middle sections. With Camtasia, you get not only the screen recording, you get the ability to record your webcam, like this was me earlier today. Uh, and I can make adjustments and edits to that like any other piece of media, meaning if I wanted to add an animation to this, I could do that. If I wanted to add a music background or some theming, I could do that as well. If I wanted to create an interstitial slide or an intro slide, I could do that. I could grab color schemes. If I wanted to do something specific to my school and the school's colors, you could do all of that. Or I could just record the screen and share it out and call it good. Uh, once you pick where you want to share it, we have so many different options of where it can go. Everything from our own TechSmith Relay and Screencast.com to seamless interaction with Google Drive to send up to YouTube. Uh, we even have My Places in there now. So if you're an Office 365 or Windows environment user, you can save it to that as well. Not only can you do that, but you can actually just send out the MP4 at various um, resolutions to host on your own website. And if you choose to do that, the interactivity becomes greater, meaning you can add interactive hotspots. You can add uh, quizzing right in Camtasia. We have the ability to do green screening. You have the ability to do basic transition. There's just so much, Jeff. I could go into a giant rabbit hole. But I think I'm going to save some of that for when we get into our next podcast. Jason, that sounds great. There are so many things here. And again, if you're out there listening to this, and this is only episode one of what is 
at least planned for a two-part series of how to do screencasting using Camtasia. Jason, thank you so much for stopping by. I look forward to seeing you next week as we record our second episode. Uh, One last time, where can we go to find more information about Camtasia and TechSmith Education? Easiest way is www.techsmith.com slash education. And thank you guys so much for checking out TeacherCast podcast. We are here every single week providing amazing educational tech support and professional development. There's, of course, several great ways that you can reach out and be a part of our show. We love it when you find us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voicemail over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. Email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. And, of course, subscribe and rate our audio and video shows over at TeacherCast.net slash iTunes and TeacherCast.net slash YouTube. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and until next time, keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.